rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Damn. I got to get better at that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Boom. I got to get better lighting, too. I feel really ashamed of myself. After having the, it says expendable prawns? No, no. <laughs> Stop distracting me, Jim. All right, get in the game. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you. I was looking at the lighting. I was looking at Jim's super chat. And then he wrote expendable prawns. And I thought, did I spell something wrong? which is entirely possible because I wrote the title of the show, The United States of Expendable Pawns. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's just that I'm looking at Jim. He's saying, I'm sorry. And I'm saying, it's not your fault. I'm just easily distracted when I shouldn't be. There's a thil th That's just the way I am in general. I'm very... I, I don't know if I'm OCD or... I developed OCD over the years from all the stimulation constantly. I, I am just, I get distracted. I do. But I think it's kind of, I, I can really go down rabbit holes. And I guess that's why the show works in a way. I'm able to talk and, you know, really we should call the show tangents sometimes, right? Because I can go on a tangent about something. So, what was I saying? All right, yeah. Uh, my name is Tara Devlin. In case you don't know me, you might be coming to the show for the first time. What I thought, because when I looked at myself in the in the the ecam window, I saw the lighting. I need I need lighting. And last night we had. Uh, we had our friend Jeff Waldoff on the show, and he has great lighting. <laughs> and I felt like shit, okay? Because that's how it goes. I always compare myself to others, and I'm like, wow, his show looks really good, and I look like this show looks like this show. But, eh, we all have our place. Everything has merit. Everything has value. I guess not everybody has to be sitting on a set. Well, he has a green screen. That's what it is, Jim. Jim says he has an expensive-looking studio. I could get a green screen, I guess, and put something behind me. Maybe I could. Maybe I'll do that. That's why I ask you to become a patron at patreon.com slash Devlin. That would be nice. Maybe we can get a green screen. I can get some real lighting. And then in the behind us, we can put some funny things. We can have cats on the screen. <laughs> right. I'll get a nice green screen, and I'll make, a, I'll make a mockery out of it by putting cats up on the screen. A big picture of Tara Jr. Jr., Francis Jr. Jr. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe we'll need that sometimes because sometimes you just need to watch some cats. I do that every now and then. Don't you want to watch cat videos? Get away with what? Just get through. Get through another day. 
living in this in what what is yeah you're not kidding pinch yourself this is real life that's what i say sometimes when i see what's coming across my twitter feed i'm like is this real life is this really happening for real and everything confirms exactly uh, everything that I always say. That I am right. That last night's show, the, the title of the show last night was In Every Republican Chess Beats the Heart of Fascism. 100%. I say that all the time. Right now. The United States of Expendable Pawns. That's us. And we do the show... Because we need to get this, we need to get the word out. We're a very sick country, mentally. And I don't just mean me and my body dysmorphic disorder. I'm talking about how sick we are. Greed. That's the only American value. We are a very sick country. And we can do better. We deserve better. That's it's sort of like after a while, you're like, if you're in a bad relationship, if you're with somebody, you ever see, okay, let me see. Let me just, you'll, you'll see people who they're in a relationship and let's say they're in a relationship with an active alcoholic and then they'll break up and then for uh for whatever reason karma but more more appropriately it's a pattern they end up again with another alcoholic let's say their dad was an alcoholic then they marry an alcoholic and then they get d- divorced and their next boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever is an alcoholic these patterns repeat and it's not really the alcoholic who is i mean there's a dynamic going on but it what it comes down to is the person and what they will accept. So that's why I ask all the time, how much longer are we going to take it? Because it's really about us. What we think we deserve. What we, we truly get the country that we deserve. And a lot of it is out of our hands, of course. We feel, it feels overwhelming. And we are just one person in this 330 million people. And that's why we have to, we got to break through the bullshit. And really get that, get that, get a clue. We are in this together. And if the American people, if we have friends, family, co-workers, etc., who don't believe that or don't feel that, well, I don't blame them for not feeling it. But we, um, we have to turn that, that around or it's done. This grand experiment in liberal democracy, it's over. It's 100,000% over and... We might as well admit it in that ca- case. Wait, something is knocking into my microphone. All right. I want to say hello first before we keep really get going on the show. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. 
of course, right out of the gate. And I encourage everybody to please become a patron and share the show with your friends. Like the show. Subscribe to the show. All that. Share the show. Give the show a good review on iTunes. I do get tired of talking about it, but I'm sorry. Look how bright this is. I have to do something about this. It's the reflection of the computer whenever I open up a website. That's why it's so bright, but maybe I can get some kind of screen. That's a little, even that's better with the I got to get some real lighting up in this bitch for this bitch to light this bitch up in a better way so you're not looking I don't look like Casper the the little the friendly dead boy. I always thought that was kind of a weird cartoon for children. Casper, the friendly ghost. That means that Casper is a dead child. It used to bug me out when I was a kid. I'm like, Casper's dead. It's a dead kid. I don't, He's friendly. Good for him. But I don't need to really think of my mortality when I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons. I want to think about mice living like human beings or something cute. Right? Now, who came up with that? Who pitched that? That's what I wonder, too. Who pitched Casper? Oh, I got this great idea. It's a ghost. It's a friendly ghost. Meaning he's dead. It's a dead kid. Oh, he's just—he's a child, but he's a ghost. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Isn't that frightening and sad? And tragic? Well, sad and tragic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out. I'm not going to do a long show tonight, I say to myself, and I say, as I say all the time, only because I have to get to bed early. I... Uh, yet again, we did a late show. But well, that was my fault. It is. But I was having such a great time with Jeff. And, you know, he's he was such a... Uh, we had a very interesting conversation. Jeff Waldoff from TYT Nation. And please subscribe to him as well. We're in this together, this liberal media landscape. He's the real deal. But it went, we were, it was a long show. He, he was on for a long time. He's a really good trooper. Um, also, I want to remind you guys that Saturday we're going to have Greg Pallast is going to be on the show. So check out, get his book. I'm reading it, and it's terrifying. We have to, uh, this is the truth. We got to stop these Republicans from... Stealing another election. How much longer? That's the other thing. How much longer are we going to allow them to illegitimately squat in the wall, in the halls of power despite receiving fewer votes? This is how sick this country is. Republicans cannot win an election legitimately, so they have to steal. They have to rig and gerrymander and kick people off the voting rolls, or not count the votes, or flip the votes through their electronic 
voting machine gerrymandering and, and hacking. This all occurs. Of course it does. Let's not kid ourselves. They're not kidding around, so why should we? We really do. This is the th- one of the... Um, it's, it's a byproduct of being a decent human being. You project your own... Uh, we all do it. We project our feelings, our emotions on other people. So, for example, we can't... Because we have emotions and feelings and we have empathy for others, we can't imagine that somebody else doesn't operate with those same sets of emotion, emotional cues. Uh, Mother Nature programmed human beings with empathy so we so we don't hurt other people because we're in this together. Ultimately, that's why we will win because we are on the right side of humanity. Human beings are interdependent. And everything that Republicans do, they have to separate us from our basic humanity. They want us to be selfish, as they are. But this is what we, as Democrats, as normal people, as progressives who may not consider themselves Democrats. I, I consider myself a Democrat, but I'm not a, I'm a real Democrat. I'm an FDR Democrat, as all of the Democrats should be. So that's why we do a show. To push them, name them, shame them, push them in the right direction. But we, as Democrats, as normal people, when we lose elections, our first thought isn't, oh, gee, how do I... How do we stop Republicans from voting? Have you ever thought like that? Nobody. No Democrat has ever thought like that. How do we make it so uh, those who have NRA cards in their wallets can't use that for identification? Do you know that that's one of the things that Republicans did with their voter ID laws? You could use your NRA card as an ID, but you can't use your student ID. Now you tell me, of course, not in every state, this is in certain, in Texas, I believe, this is what part of what they did. Now you tell me that isn't a deliberate, of course it is, a deliberate attack on Democratic voters, because they know young people are, they lean Democratic. So any 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 demographic that leans demo, de- democratic, they're going to suppress. And they don't even, they're not even ashamed. They don't even hide it. Because, you know why? They count on us. Uh, they Well, they count on the Democrats, the corporate Democrats in the halls of power, to not say anything, to go along with it, to assume that, I don't know what it is, this this psychological projection that the Republicans are operating sincerely, that they're not that they're not doing what we see that they're doing that it, that is unfolding right before our eyes. This country is also I was thinking about what to call the show tonight because really it's a grab bag half the time but 
not, not just expendable pawns. We are in a state of denial. The American people, I believe, are suffering from, I, I, hey, prove me wrong, suffering from some form of PTSD. The entire country is suffering. And we are also in a state of denial. But that's kind of, it's really not our fault. Before we ended the show last night, we were talking about the corporate media, how they did it again with with Twitler. He goes on, uh, he starts doing his press conferences again, and, you know, it's a scam. He misses, oh, shit, why do I keep, I keep doing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep pushing the wrong button. He misses his Nuremberg rallies, so he's... He wants to get up there and read. So we got to be read to by a con man because he misses the narcissistic supply of the Nuremberg rallies. And what do the corporate media do? Right on cue, they start swooning. Oh, his tone. So no wonder we're in denial. Oh, because he didn't shit his pants while reading a teleprompter, or reading off of his sheet, he's finally presidential? I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm over it. This is why we need real, independent, liberal media to get, get away from that corporate media bullshit. That's part of the problem. What are you talking about? We should all now breathe a sigh of relief because Twitler read a teleprompter? It's a disgrace. And it's also like when he did his, when he was in Normandy, what a, talk about a disgrace on the anniversary of D-Day. This draft dodger, this bone spur, fake patriot, tax dodging, tax cheating, dictator envying con man who wouldn't who wouldn't serve another human being if his mama's life depended upon it. He gets to stand up there on the anniversary of D-Day and the corporate media did it again. They swooned. He met the moment. Are you nuts? This is why we're in a state of denial. I, and all over the country, we're in denial about a million th- everything about this country. The country's history, the racist-ass history, the history of... Po- <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm choking on myself here. Uh, putting up the statues, these racist statues to these racist assholes, these traitors... What country puts up statues to traitors and then tells themselves and each other a fictional fairy tale about it? No, they weren't put up there to celebrate heritage. It was put there to suppress other human beings, to tell the other people that you share the planet with to get in their place, to don't even think about having or demanding a seat at the table. That's why they were put up. We're, we have to be better than this. Not everybody, you know, it really is true. Not everyone is, um, has any interest 
in functioning or or really having a free democratic society. That's why we must, we got to talk about it and we have to call them out. And we can't ever, we have to continuously push and not back down because we are on the right side of history, the right side of democracy, and yeah, and we uh, don't have to apologize for it either. Think about what's going on in uh, all over the country. What's going on in Portland with the fascist Gestapo police force? And where's the Republicans now? Remember how the Republicans, when Obama was trying to pass Obamacare, and all of the Republicans went nuts, screaming about how, how Obama wanted to be a king. He, it was dangerous. He's not an emperor. Every time he signed an executive order, now they have parties. They celebrate when Trump signs an executive order. And he, he shows it to everybody. This is... An opportunity of of all, just because, all right, the only good thing that's going on here in the country right now is that we have the possibility of waking the F up. It's the truth. It's like hitting bottom as an alcoholic and a drug addict. That's the good thing. Hey, if you live, you get to maybe have a, a decent life. You get your life back. But you have to have the courage to recognize what the problem is, and you have to have the courage to change it. And even if, you know, even when you're you're a drug addict, you have many enablers in life. People who are maybe their fellow drug addicts, they don't want you to stop. I remember when I was drinking, and a friend of mine, this is years and years, even before I knew I had a problem, I I didn't have a problem at all. I mean, it was a solution, to tell you the truth, not a problem. So a friend of mine said to me, I can't hang out with you anymore because I'm going to AA. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? You're an alcoholic? I said, I, what do you mean you're an alcoholic? I drink like 10 times more than you do. Right? And I'm not an alcoholic. That was my insinuation. Now it's it's laughable to me. I couldn't, because how could you be an alcoholic when I drink 10 times more than you do and I'm not an alcoholic? Well, this is the thing with the corporate Dems. They have to be, I, I think they might be in denial, frankly. And they have to be called out. It is not okay that we have a country that only works for a very slim margin of our fellow Americans. And one of the statistics we repeat on the show all the time is how the middle class is now below 50% of the population. I just was on Twitter and CNBC, something came across CNBC, and I'm a little suspect and it said that the middle class is now 52% of the population. And I just was like, how is that even possible? 52%. We have been sinking down 
for years. What how what what is the definition of middle class? If now it's fifty two oh we, we should be happy it's fifty two percent or how they're however they're calculating it. But that's not a functioning Democratic Republic, even if it is 52%. But I have to dig deeper because I didn't, I didn't really, I just saw the headline. And then I Googled the middle class and I saw other articles saying that the middle class is below 50% of the population. And it's been going down, we have been sinking lower on the ladder for years And what's changed? Nothing. In fact, it's gotten worse. The tax codes, the kiss-up, kick-down GOP tax scam has done nothing but exacerbate the income disparity and upward immobility. So we'll get into that as soon as I find out more about it. But before I... Oh, yes, I forgot to tell everybody... Tonight's show is brought to us by, wait a minute, Daisy. Thank you, Daisy, for becoming a patron, for taking that extra step, for going to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and becoming a patron. Because we cannot do it without you, and I want to keep doing it and keep growing and keep the show going and keep the show growing. So thank you. I need to get some better applause. but And also, let's review the latest patrons. Camille, thank you for becoming a patron. And Mark and Kathleen Hartsky. Thank you. I know that you are longtime listeners. I appreciate your everything, your support. Andrew, thank you. Thank you for becoming a patron. Thank you, Darius. Who else we got here on the list? Roger, thank you for becoming a patron, Roger. Thank you, Verdant Square Network. Thank you, Eric and Brendan and Frank. And John C. and Laura and Sam and Lori, thank you all. And who else? G. G. Miller. Boy, well, it doesn't matter. Linnell, John T., and then another John. My father's name, thank you. All right, and also, thank you, R.Y., on the chat for your super chat. And, of course, Jim, always coming in. He pays the cover charge. <laughs> Puts the, he bring he, yeah, he brings the receipts himself. Thank you. All you guys, let's see. I want to say, I see some new faces, or new names, at least, on the chat. If you're anywhere else, on if you're watching on Facebook or on Twitter, you guys come on over to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C for channel slash RDT Daily Media. 
or you can just Google Tara Buster YouTube. You'll probably find it there as well. And come and hang out with us on the YouTube chat. That's where everybody, most. that's where most people are hanging out. You can also join our Discord page to share stuff in between shows and get, we are really building a community. So, yeah, please join in. I'd like to see pictures of your pets. You can share your vacation photos. Everything else. Articles. Oh, my God. You know what else? I got to show you something amazing. We're going to have GIFs. Not GIFs. Well, not GIFs. What? They're not called GIFs. Emo like emojis. Little icon emojis. Comfy socks on the Discord. Now, I'm forgetting who Comfy Socks is in real life. I hate to tell you, Comfy. I get confused when everybody has all these different names. Names. Because we have Sin City, Patricia. I think Patricia. Is that you, Patricia, Comfy Socks? Who are you on Discord? It's... Now I'm getting confused. I wish everybody had the same name. Just have a name. Instead of all these fake names. How am I supposed to remember all these names? Well, anyway, something great. Oh my God, I'm just, let me show you. Wait a minute. Look at that. Little Francis Jr. Jr. emoji. <laughs> that is being created, custom emoji. These will be um, debuting sometime soon. There'll be other emojis, Tara Jr. Jr. emojis. Tara, Tara Senior emojis, I guess. That'll be fun. All right, whatever. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about me. What are you going to do? No, I'm sorry. That's bad. All right. My stinking thinking. Isn't it amazing? So cute, right? Greg says, looks just like who? It looks like, oh, you. Greg said it looked like me. That that Francis Jr. Jr. emoji. But he thinks everything looks like me. I think you Greg, you need to you need to reel it in, honey. <laughs> Alright, let's keep going here. No, I Greg, you're I really um I'm honored. I appreciate your support. I mean, yeah, what are you gonna do? I'm a lesbian. What what what's gonna happen here? You know what I'm saying? Let's get real, but I get it. I know what it feels like. All right, let me see. All right. Couple of things. You know what's going on. We're in the midst, we're on the precipice of the second Republican Great Depression. And what what's so disgusting to me, well, the only good thing that might happen with the Republicans is that the American people, just like what happened after the first Republican Great Depression, that the American people will not forget. So this is why 
the the Democrats, the DLC Democrats, they got to get a they got to get a grip themselves, and they have to stop pretending that the Democrat that the Republican Party is some is a legitimate political party. They are not. They are a greed centered death cult. Prove me wrong. That's what I need to do. I'll 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 set up a booth soon as we open up after coronavirus is over. I'll set up a booth. The Republican Party is a is a greed-centered death cult. Prove me wrong. Show me when and where when whenever the Republican Party ha- what have they done for the American people? Every time they get their filthy, disgusting, greedy, fascist fingers around the neck of power. They squeeze the life out of the American people. People die. Suicide rates go up. And money flows to the top. It goes from the bottom to the top. They suck profit from our miseries, from our labor, from our lives. These people are... They are they 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 are unfit. They lack they they lack not just the ability. They lack the humanity to function in a democratic society. They don't they 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 don't deserve to be in office. That's for sure. They are incapable. And if that's who you send, some if people are sent to the halls of power to to represent their constituency and all they have to show for it is an incessant flowing of money to the top and death and body bags and mass graves and sickness and unemployment and a desperate middle middle class what am i saying a desperate working class and the middle class sinking lower and lower and lower. And all you can do is call your fellow congresspeople a fucking bitch and say, you're dangerous. This is the thing when um, Yoho, Congressman Yoho, attacked AOC on the steps of the Capitol building. He said, your ideas are dangerous. What ideas? That what's what 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 do you mean? What ideas are dangerous? Dangerous how? How is it dangerous to have an economically vibrant and upwardly mobile middle class that functions, a, a government that functions for the majority of the people? That's called democracy. This is the Republican. Psychological projection. Every day is opposite day. They are in denial. What's dangerous? You, that's because, of co- it, for the greed-centered ghouls and the ghosts of the Gilded Age, they are fight for in their minds, in their tiny little greed-centered minds. They're fighting for their own their survival. You see, because they can't, they're, they're the tiny, little, fearful, they, oh, what am I saying? They are afraid. They are little. It doesn't matter how much money, how much stuff, 
how much power you shove into their rapacious gullets that they illegitimately grift, it will never be enough. And I ask that question all the time. How much, how much longer are we going to take it? But how much do they want, I ask. And, of course, when I speak to Bob Kincaid, we talk about this all the time. How much do they want? You know, the answer, they want it all. That's it. That's the answer. Don't be in denial. They want it all. How much do they want? They want it all. That's why the Democratic Party, the Democrats, the corporate Dems have to stop pretending that the Republican Party is a legitimate political party. They are a greed-centered death cult that has absolutely no business being anywhere near the halls of power. They don't earn it. They're not a majority party. They don't represent the majority of the American people, even when you, when you separate it out. First of all, they don't receive the most votes. We know that. Even... We've uh, the it, when they are in the majority, the when they were in the ma- the majority in the House, they in fact the Democratic Party, the Democrats received over a million more votes in the election, and they were in the ma- minority still. It's a result of gerrymandering, and voter suppression. I mean, really. Well, not voter suppression in that case, but, well, yes, of course, they have suppressed the vote. But it only goes to show you that how many more millions of people's votes weren't counted. This is not a center-right nation. Don't ever believe it. It is not. They may think they are. They may be a racist-ass nation, that's for sure. That's why they are easily duped. The American people, they're easily played by a con man. All he's got to do is tickle those racist funny bones. And these idiots, they goose step right in line. But we're in the my, we're in the majority. Even when we are in the minority, that's why it's bullshit. And that's why the damn Democrats, the corporate Dems, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, need to stop doing the Republican bidding for them and legitimizing them. If the shoe was on the other foot, what do you think the Republicans would be doing? They'd be screaming from high to high heaven that the Democrats received fewer votes, right? Come on. They don't represent the same amount of people. I mean, look at AOC. Let's see. AOC represents the 14th district. How many people? How? I, I, want, I wonder if I could find this answer. How many people in the 14th district? I live here. There's a lot of people. I haven't counted them, but let's see. AOC population, 706,444 people. All right, let's see. Mitch McConnell, 
Well, he's a senator in our butt. It's Kentucky. How many people in Kentucky? Let's see. Well, I should have just wrote the what is the population of Kentucky? Oh, okay, 4.4 4 million. So AOC's district is it's almost a quarter of the size of the entire population of Kentucky. Just almost a little like one fifth of the size of the Kentucky. Now you tell me, Mitch McConnell and all these. What about the the House of Representatives? What about Yoho's district? And plus, when you add up, let's say the squad, how many people do they represent? In general, you know the point I'm trying to make is that put together, the Republican Party, they represent a minority of the people in general. As Twitler, I mean, he received fewer votes. This is why, on top of everything else that sucks in this country that is broken and, and that is designed to keep the entrenched power structure and uh, in in the catbird seat of power, the electoral college is completely outdated. It also is the remnant of the racist ass history of this country. And if we really want to evolve, we have to get rid of it. There is no reason why we need to be under the thumb of Mitch F and McConnell and Kentucky. Kentucky, of all of the states in the United States, whoever said, let's say that right now there's somebody living in Italy, they say, oh, well, before I die, I want to see, what, the moon over the meth lab in Kentucky? No, honey. They say, I want to go to New York. I want to see the skyline of New York. I want to see California. I want to see the Pacific Ocean. I want to go I want to go to the Statue of Liberty. I want to well not anymore. Nobody wants us here. We can't go anywhere. The entire world has shut its doors to this to this filthy people that we are. The dying American experiment. It's 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 is that are we great yet? Now imagine, let me ask you guys, we know this. We play this game a lot. Oh, and thank you, Terry, for your super chat. Let me play, I'm sure you've seen it. It's been all over the media today. Twitler's cognitive test, his, him boasting about the cognitive test that he took. It was a really hard test. It's, it's really pathetic. Imagine, let's play the game, though. And like I tweeted it, out earlier today let's play the game what if obama we really need an obama impersonator to to do this to hammer it home to recreate twitler's and anything a press conference an interview a fox news interview a hannity interview just to highlight 
the white privilege, for one thing, it really is. Imagine, imagine Obama, imagine a woman, imagine anybody who isn't a big, disgusting, greed-centered, white doltard. acting and behave, behaving. Uh, imagine what the Republicans would say if Barack Obama said, got out there and said, I, I aced my cognitive test. It was really hard. And not everybody could do that. They were amazed. How they, he said, how did you do that? They asked. Really? How did you do that? Yeah, nobody can say what did he say? People, person, man, no, person, woman, man, camera, television. How, how'd you do that? Th- and this is why. Now we're going to discuss Twitler's tone. Let's go back to his tone. How do you think it is? He really rose to the moment? Corporate media? Let's let's listen to Twitler and imagine Obama. I said to the doctor, it was Dr. Ronnie Jackson, I said, is there some kind of a test, an acuity test? And he said there actually is, and he named it, whatever it might be. And it was 30 or 35 questions. The first questions are very easy. The last questions are much more difficult, uh, like a memory question. It's uh, like you'll go person, woman, Man, camera, TV. So they say, could you repeat that? So I said, yeah. So it's person, yeah. woman. That's, <laughs> that's how you know he failed immediately. Can you repeat that? Yeah. Okay, you, fi- you passed. That's like when I was a kid, we had, I had Spanish class, and I had to write, some a sentence in Spanish again and again. It was, I mean, I was like in the second grade or something. I was young. And I had just learned about ditto marks. You know, ditto, ditto. So I wrote the sentence one time and I went and I made ditto, ditto, ditto all down the page. But you know what? I have to tell you, I wasn't, I was being very sincere. I didn't do that as a, uh, a way to get out of it. I really thought that it was a legitimate thing to write the ditto marks on a sent- from a sentence I had to repeat, that I had to write. And um, the teacher gave me a star anyway. Isn't that nice? I, I think about that because I was like, obviously I deserved an F, but I think he saw that I was really sincere, <laughs> so he he felt pity on me. He may have thought it was funny, I guess. As a teacher, he probably thought, all right, I'll give her a star for being an ingenious. He, maybe he never saw that before. <laughs> well, they shouldn't have taught me about ditto marks. But here's Twitler. Man, camera, TV. Okay, that's very good. That's very good. You get extra points. If you, extra. Okay, now he's asking you other questions. You don't get extra points on an Alzheimer's cognitive test. That's not how it works. It's not about 
whether you score higher than somebody else. It is to assess your mental capacities. If you have the disease of dementia, if you have cognitive decline, which he clearly has, a, his, he's a rotten through and through. Not about, I mean, yeah, my father had Alzheimer's. It sucks. I hope I never get it. Of every disease you can get, it is that's the worst. I'd rather have my body decay than my mind, frankly. Because at least you could still participate in life and remember life and enjoy things. But when you have Alzheimer's, I, can't, I really can't even imagine the nightmare. My poor father, really. And when he first started to get sick with it, that was the worst part because he would have the awareness that he was sick and that he had it. And he would say, oh, why me? Why? Why did this happen to me? And then he was, then he was gone. So it is a nightmare that I don't wish on anybody. Maybe him, though. Maybe Twitler, but... Other questions. And then 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes later, they say, remember the first question? Not the first, but the 10th question? Give us that again. Can you do that again? And you go, person, woman, man, camera, TV. If you get it in order, you get extra points. Extra points. Nobody gives you extra points in a cognitive test. Here's another clip of that. Woman, man, camera, TV. And repeat them. Can you do it? And you go, person, woman, man, <laughs> camera, TV. They say, that's amazing. That's amazing? Do that? I do it I that's amazing. How did you do that? If that's amazing, we have really sunk low. The bar, forget the bar. We're, we're under the table. How'd you do that? How did we put a man on the moon without this, this doltard and his very good uh, brain? How did you do that? I do it because I have, like, a good memory, because I'm cognitively there. <laughs> I'm cognitively there. Keep repeating it. And the fact that he is continuously harping on it goes to show you that he's not cognitively there. And how much longer? What's wrong with us? I got to ask. Really, what is wrong with us? Well, it's not us. What's wrong with the corporate media that they have to play along? And what's wrong with the DLC Democrats that they got to play along? That they have to say, I'm going to reach across the aisle to these scumbags and work with them. The ones who put that doltard in the catbird seat of power. The ones who made him their standard bearer. They don't deserve... They deserve to be a minority party permanently. That's all they can handle. If you want a functioning society, you don't put conservatives in charge. That's just the bottom line. All over the world, look, in, look at history. 
Show me a conservative country that is working, where the people are happy, where the middle class, where there is a middle class, where you can, where you're upwardly mobile, where you're not starving and hungry and at each other's throats. Show me. We've, I've, I've looked. I want, I want to know. I'm all about history. I want to learn if there is a conservative country. You see, that's the difference, too, between conservatives and normal people. Because if normal people, when normal people get new information, they adjust their ideology. So if somebody came to me and they were like, oh, look at this. You see the GOP tax scam, the way they funneled even though the the United States, the gap between rich and poor is wider than it was in ancient Rome, and the Republicans, as soon as they had a majority in every branch of government, they used it to funnel even more money to the top and increase the gap between rich and poor, making this a non-functioning democracy, by the way. But if somebody came to us and they showed us the receipts and they said, hey, look at this, the GOP tax scam funneling more money or, or allowing the rich to avoid paying taxes and funneling more money to the top really does trickle down on the serfs. And look at this, funneling all the money to the top creates this amazing shared prosperity for all where there really is an economically vibrant working class guess what we would all be for it i'd be like fine but it doesn't it does not work and they know that like last night on the show when jeff waldorf he corrected me it's really he correctly corrected me because I, he said that they are doing it as planned. They know what they're doing. They're not, and I, of course, yes, of course. This isn't an accident. We didn't get here like a bunch of Mr. Magoos bumbling into income disparity and upward immobility. That's the point. They did it because they don't want an economically vibrant working class. They don't like an uppity working class. The rich have never liked an uppity working class. We know if they could, you look through the through the history of Western civilization. We have weekends. We have eight-hour workdays. These are modern inventions. They didn't come about because the rich felt like trickling it on us. They were hard-won, fought, and hard-fought battles where people died. But before that happened, it was the American people and well, people all over the world saying, enough is enough. How much more? And they unified and demanded. They Nothing comes without a demand. You would have, uh, before any kind of labor laws, you had to work every goddamn day. Every day. Famously, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory that became known as the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire had a 
had a sign up, if you don't come in on Sunday, don't come in on Monday. That became sort of a, I don't know, maybe people don't know about this now. Younger people probably don't, but the labor movement, that sign would be repeated and it would hang in union halls to remind the union workers of their history, just where we came from. And it wasn't, if you don't come in on Sunday, don't come in on Monday, because people wanted to go to church. But the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, like the the entire working uh, America uh, at the time, there were no labor standards or labor laws or labor protections. So what it meant was, you want to go to church on Sunday? If you don't come in on Sunday, then don't bother coming in on Monday because you're fired. So these people worked every single day. And they worked cha- basically chained to their to their desks. They that's why they died. They had been locked in. Cuz the management didn't want them to steal some swatches. Well, the precious pieces of fabric that are worth more than the life of a working-class woman. You better believe it. That's how they... That's how it was. And if... Guess what? That's how it can be again. If we're not careful. They would... They, if they could. If the capitalists could... We, they would bring back sa- slavery. There's absolutely no doubt. They are bringing back debtors' prisons. These are things that were outlawed. But all over the country, I'm reading articles about people being put in jail. Not being able to pay... Let me see. Let me just look this up. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. Debtors' prisons. Here's from the ACLU. Nearly two centuries ago, the U.S. formally abolished the incarceration of people who failed to pay off debts. Yet, recent years have witnessed the rise of modern-day debtors' prisons. The arrest and jailing of poor people for failure to pay legal debts that they could never hope to afford through criminal justice procedures that violate their most basic rights. <laughs> basic rights? Forget it. You're nothing. You understand? They hate you. They want you... If you, uh, you Just look at what's going on in this country. The economy in general, the American people themselves, we, and this is why... We do the show, and I ask you to support the show, too, because we really need to change the paradigm here. What is the reason of an economy? What's the meaning of an economy? Why? Why have an economy? Why do we have one? Is it to make the rich richer? Or is it to ensure that everybody has can have a life, can enjoy, enjoy their life, have a decent uh, a living wage, days off, vacations, retirement security. That has to be the reason people get out of bed in the morning. 
you see what's going on, though. Everything they're talking about, well, we see it happening all the time. The automation, that goes to show you they don't want, they don't want you. You are nothing. People are nothing in capitalism. So capitalism without regulation is abominable. It is not a democratic system. It is more akin to the kind of system the founders rebelled against. That's why Republicans, conservatives, and these uh, the CEOs in these big, these most profitable corporations in the history of the world, they don't want unions. They don't want democracy in the workplace and the people demanding that they be seen like human beings? Because the, in their view, the meaning of an economy is to make the rich richer. It is not to make the, to share the prosperity, to share this blip in time, this moment of time that we're all sharing this life together. They don't care. That's why they'll replace you quick as they could lick Twitler's taint with a with a machine or whatever. They, they'll replace you with a slave, an indentured servant, a child. If they could. So don't ever be fooled. This is why they need us nice and divided and fighting amongst each other. So we think that we fought these battles, we won these battles. Yeah, debtors' prisons. I'm reading all these articles. Debtors' prisons are making a comeback all over the country. So you think, oh, it's so, that seems so 19th century. Well, welcome to hell. (laughs) Welcome to, uh, I mean, history repeats itself. Come on. So state and local courts have increasingly attempted to supplement their funding by charging fees to people convicted of crimes, including fees for public defenders, prosecutors, court administrations, jails, and probation supervision. And in the face of mounting budget deficits at the state and local levels, courts across the country have used aggressive tactics to collect these unpaid fees fees, and fines, including for traffic offenses and other low-level offenses. These courts have offered, have ordered excuse me, the arrest and jailing of people who fall behind on their payments without affording any hearings to determine an individual's ability to pay or offering alternatives to payment, such as community service. And all of this is... Um, a byproduct of the fact that we the the tax system in the country is completely rigged so the rich pay nothing and the rest of us are left holding the bag we're not only holding the bag we're holding the bag we're while we're riding them to the bank where they where they can uh, continue to write the law by the politicians who write the laws to make sure that the game stays rigged in their favor while we're what fighting about 
Antifa. It's it's so unbelievable the the stupidity and the hypocrisy, really. If Republicans, I would, as we were saying yesterday when Jeff was on the show, Jeff Waldorf, if Republicans, if they were not such so hypocritical, I might understand. But even now, when Twitler is so over his head, he uh, this life, this is a the the privileged prince, a con man, a. A freaking, oh my God, the worst human being on the planet who had everything handed to him. Talk about a taker. You know, they talk about makers and takers. There is no greater taker than that parasite, that Twitler. He's the biggest taker that ever squatted in the, who was ever inflicted on this goddamn country. And I do mean goddamned. We are goddamned until that day comes where we are capable of facing ourselves and looking ourselves in the mirror and taking our history, good and bad, and understanding the history and having the maturity, the determined maturity to create a system that works for all, to not be hypocritical in that sense. But we're such unabashed hypocrites through and through. How could we, of course, we, how could we really actualize our, the ideology and the founding documents? We can't face ourselves. We can't even face our racist history. So we have to, what, what, you know, what has to happen. They're not going to do it. Mitch McConnell's not going to do it. He's there to ensure that the game is rigged. Because it's working out well for him. He's rich. The um, entire house, they're completely out of touch with the American people. We have more millionaires. You know, that's supposed to be the people's house. Well, if the people... The majority of the people are millionaires? I don't think so. Not even close. And these filthy Republicans are trying right now. This is how much they hate you. Right now, the American people who are getting an extra $600, the the unemployed created by Republican ineptitude. This is an all this is a choice here. It's an all out uh, it's a demonstration of how completely inept the Republican Party are. And it's just like in the first Republican Great Depression when what they did nothing to remedy the failures that they helped create. Kicking people uh, you know, out of their homes, they helped that. They helped the uh, the party, the Roaring Twenties. It was working out well for the rich. But they did nothing. When it all came, the chickens came home to roost. This is what Republicans do. They don't care. They don't have the ability to do anything but 
allow everything to, oh, one day it'll just disappear like a miracle. That's their idea. You get it? That's the best they got. One day it'll just disappear. That's their plan. Imagine Obama saying something like that. Or a woman, anyone. Imagine AOC saying something like that. What do you think the Republicans would do? This is why I can't stand them. And why we do the show. You're not hearing this on the corporate media. They're not. They, they I don't know, half of them are all, they're, they're fine, I guess, because they're in the ivory tower. I don't know. Who the hell knows? It's bizarre to me. How much in denial? Maybe that's just a human thing. Who the? F- I mean, really, who knows? But the American people. So right now on Co- Common Dreams, here's an article posted on Common Dreams called "Showing Contempt for the American People." GOP floats slashing boosted unemployment benefits or payments to $100 per week. You want to see this economy go immediately into the third Republican Great Depression? Do that, Twitler and Republicans. This is how much they hate you. You get it? They don't have an interest. You got family? You got you want to keep a roof over your head? Oh, well. You're nobody to them. They don't care if you're starving. They don't care who, what happens as long as they're okay. They're fine. Their donors are fine. They could, they're still having, you know, they can have their cocktail parties over Zoom. They don't give a shit. The more desperate you are, the better. It it's better for them. You'll take the pittance. You'll be, you'll take the peon. <laughs> Unbelievable. Senate Republicans are wildly out of touch with reality. Seriously, just $400 a month? Cutting monthly income for 30 million families by $2,000 would cost the country millions of jobs. An article written by Jake Johnson from Common Dreams. With the final boosted unemployment check set to go out in just three days, barring an unlikely last-minute extension by Congress, Senate Republicans are reportedly considering a proposal to slash the $600 per week benefit to $100, a cut that would drastically reduce the incomes of 30 million Americans and potentially cost massive job losses. Did we... We didn't create this effing coronavirus. All Twitler had to do was his job. And they told us we had to stay home. And all over the world, the United States and other asshole-led countries like Brazil, we're the only countries that are having this massive unemployment problem. All they had to do was take up the salaries like they did in England and start the have the federal government pay people's salaries not here though cuz they're too busy sucking twitler's taint 
and begging goddamn, I don't know, Sheldon Adelson for a trickle. These scums. First reported by CNBC on Wednesday, the Republican proposal comes as a progressive advocacy group, Democratic lawmakers and economists, warning of, a de- of devastating consequences of letting the enhanced unemployment payments expire at the end of the month. The Republican plan would pay out the $100 a week boost through the end of the year. Oh, thank you, my lord. We, we, can I have another? It's like Oliver Twist out here. But that's what they want. You get it, guys? That's what they want. They want it to be like Charles Dickens. These fuckers, I can't take it. Guess what? Even if you have a job, they cut those $600 payments. Everything. This whole country's going into a depression. Quick as you can say, um, make America great again. Because those people who are getting the $600, that's keeping the economy going. They get to spend that economy in the economy. They buy things. They pay their rent. It's all connected. Just like we're all connected through this coronavirus. One person wanted to eat some meat. And now the whole world is sick. So... Yeah, we're all connected. Fuckers. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I know I say I'm not going to curse. Unbelievable. It makes me want to... I want to really... I need to... I need some anger management. I do. I need to do something. (sighs) The $600 a week benefit increase technically expires on July 31st, a Friday. But because states pay unemployment benefits on Saturdays or Sundays, the last enhanced payments are set to go out on July 25th and 26th. Talks over the next COVID-19 stimulus package are expected to stretch into August, meaning unemployment benefits will likely revert to pre-pandemic levels, which averaged around $370 a week nationwide for at least one payment cycle, at least. Sparking warnings of a major housing crisis, expiration of the supercharged unemployment benefits is set to coincide with an end uh, of, an invi- of an eviction moratorium shielding more than 20... Twen- I'm sorry, I can't... something wrong with me. Maybe I'm dyslexic. Shielding more than 12 million people who live in homes with federally backed mortgages. Representative Don Bayer, Democrat of Virginia, said that the $100 per week proposal shows Senate Republicans are wildly out of touch with reality. If adopted... The GOP proposal would reduce the monthly payments to millions of -of out-of-work Americans from $2,400 to $400. Seriously, just $400 a month, Bayer tweeted. Cutting monthly income for 30 million families by $2,000 would cost 
the country millions of jobs. Millions more, he means, because uh, yet again, the jobs report came out and over a million Americans filed for unemployment yet again. uh, Economic Policy Institute researcher Josh Bivens estimated that reducing the weekly unemployment insurance boost from 600 to 100 would cost the U.S. more than 4 million jobs over the next year. Both cruel and stupid, Bivens said. Negotiations over the next coronavirus stimulus package are still in flux as Republicans, Democrats, and the White House remain miles apart on key issues, including the unemployment boost. According to the Associated Press, Senate Republicans appear to be leaning towards cutting the $600 weekly payment to $200, a sharp increase, I mean, still a sharp income cut for tens of millions of people. They're going to kill us. You get it? That's the point. They want you nice, desperate, and dead. More, how many more mass graves? I'm telling you, if you are somebody who is thinking of voting Republican, you need to go and smack yourself across the face right now. I'm telling you. All the... um. At least, you know, after the first Republican Great Depression, the Republicans remained in the minority for years, decades, because the American people knew who the F they were. Because when people show you who they are, we better believe it. I'm telling you what they are. Prove me wrong. Republicans are the enemies of the people. They hate this country They are incapable of functioning in a free democratic society. They hate the working class. They are the agents of oligarchy who are the domestic enemies the founders warned us about. I mean, they um, have no interest in governing, clearly. You take a job in government... You know why? Some people take a job in government. First of all, this is why I say we need to get money out of politics. So you remove that whole that whole uh, bribery thing. So get that out of, just get it out. Then it's not an issue anymore. Stop tempting people with bribes. But Republicans don't get into a government to do, to handle a crisis. Do you understand? They're not They are, it's not like some people want to serve. They're not there to serve. They're there to serve themselves and those like them. They get into government like, uh, it's like the mob infiltrating the police force. It's like the mob bribing cops or, um, I don't know. The Church of Scientology infiltrating the IRS. That's what it's like. So they can manipulate, undermine, destroy the government that they pretend to love. That they pu- that's why they have to put on all their big shows of patriotism when they don't know what it means. They hate 
the American people. And they hate, they especially hate people who want to become Americans. I don't know what's wrong with them either now that I'm thinking about it. Go to Canada. Why do you want to come here? I know Mexican, Mexico is, uh, you can't help it in a way because you're bordering. Jesus Christ, I feel bad. What a disgrace. It only took Twitler. I mean, Republicans, they have always sucked. But it didn't take him long to destroy this country. First of all, he was able to become the so-called president despite receiving fewer votes because of the broken-ass system. But... The whole world is watching. And it is, it's not pretty, man. It really ain't. (laughs) All right, before I continue, let me say thank you, JD, for your super chat. All you need is love, he says, or she. Uh, I like it because it's it's from England. I appreciate it. That means we got an international crowd. Must be nice being, looking in from the outside, going, what the F is wrong with them? You know what's wrong? It's the corruption. That's what's wrong. This country is broke. We have to have the courage to look at it, to understand it, and the courage to change it. And also prepare for the fight, a relentless fight, and not backing down. Because we're right. That's the bottom line. They know that, too. That's why they have to pretend that they're, whatever they're doing is for the best interest. They're always doing something to... They have to pretend that they're doing it from altruism. That's how you know that we are correct. Because we really are. And like on the show last night with Jeff, Jeff Waldorf from TYT Nation, we were saying, talking about George Soros, one of the right-wing familiar punching bags. And I often ask, what, what to what end? When they're tweeting out, uh, memes that they created, well, that they that the Russian intelligence services have posted in conservative Twitter feeds and the conservatives, so-called conservatives, the fascist GOPs, um, eagerly disseminate as the useful idiot dupes that they are. But when they tweet out pictures of George Soros lording hovering over a chessboard with Antifa pawn chess pieces. Ridiculous, really. Uh, what To what end? To what effing end? If George Soros, if Democrats, if normal people had their way, and we got, uh, well, I know what I want. I want a new New Deal in the FDR Democratic Party. But if... Let's say if George Soros got his way and we had 
a democratically controlled House, Senate, and Executive, and Supreme Court. What would happen? His taxes would go up. His workers would get a larger piece of the pie that their labor made possible. He would be regulated. He wouldn't be able to just dump his corporate waste into our environment. He'd have to consider the rest of the American people, you know, e pluribus unum and all. So what end? To What's the big secret I'm missing here? George Soros wants to control us all so we can have a cleaner, more inhabitable planet where animals get to live. They don't just get, uh, they're not just in the way of big oil drilling as they destroy Mother Earth. They treat Mother Earth like a goddamn streetwalker to be used and discarded. Well, you know, Mother Earth has a plan for them and us. She's not taking it either. But I ask, why, why? What's to what end? Explain it to me. What's the big secret? What's the end game? I know what the end game is for the fascists. Hey, we know it. We've been saying it. Make the rich richer. That's always the game. And that's the game when they tweet out that stupid meme of George Soros moving around Antifa pawns. Give me a break, you morons. You're so attuned to the conspiracies, but you don't you don't see yourself you're 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 the pawn in the situation. Right under your own noses. While you cheer the con man who can't what he's he de- deserves to squat in the White House despite receiving fewer votes because he was able to recognize a camel on a cognitive test. That's how far we've fallen. Might as well give give the presidency to any doltard. No, that's not. Imagine it. It would never happen. If Twitler was black or if he was a woman, only a straight so-called white male would be able to get away with that. There's your white privilege. But the Republicans are unabashed hypocrites. They hate this country. They're in there. They're doing exactly what uh, what they what what they're doing is exactly what we're saying. They're in there to make the rich richer. And they're very successful at it. They're not so successful at anything else. They're not successful in a crisis. Because that's not why they're in government. This is annoying to them. Of a pandemic? That's annoying. Oh, you mean you people want to live? You don't want your kids to die? Now that's they're irritated. They got to get out there and they got to shame you. Oh, no, it's a hoax. It's uh, herd immunity. Yeah, some people, they're just going to die. 
We got to make America great. You got to, the disease, the cure can't be worse than the disease. You got to get out there. It's a hoax, right? Uh, Don't wear masks. That's your freedom. Liberate Michigan. Liberate Virginia. Liberate. Remember that? We could have been on the other side of the pandemic if the Republicans had any interest, if they had any respect for the American people in any way, shape, or form. A little, a modicum, a sliver of respect. I I tell you, that's why. They hate us. I'm telling you. Face it. You know who they hate? They hate more than me. They hate you. They hate you, Trump and Z. I'm not talking to the normal people who watch this show. I'm talking to some of the Trump and Z's who came. They stumbled in here on the way to Breitbart, and they wanted to call me a dyke or something. Fine. Guilty as charged, but I'm telling you, they hate you. Republicans hate you even more than they hate the normal people of this country because you're so easily played. They laugh at you. They have zero respect for you. How much respect do you have for people that you send that you that you send out into a pandemic to die? You don't do that. It's just something that you respect and love. Yeah, you certainly don't do that to something that you fear. If they feared the American people, if they feared us rising up and saying, F you, we're not taking this shit, they wouldn't dare. But that goes to show you, they don't fear us, they don't respect us. They don't, re- and they don't respect the Trump Anzies. That's why Twitter wanted his narcissistic supply, and he had his rally in spite of the 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 uh coronavirus and he didn't give a shit who was going to die cuz you're nothing you are grist for the mill you are you're 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 what is what did Ann Rand say meat uh, fuel to be used by those who deserve it that's that's how much the Republicans hate you, Trump and Z. They want you to die. And even if you don't die, they want you to bring it home. Even if you're young enough. Because that's the other thing. He lies right to your face. Because he hates you. He knows. He, he counts on your stupidity. Just like it. He hates the dum-dums who he sold all those fake vitamins to and all of the Trump University degrees. He hates you. You're nothing. You're a stupid mark. You're a mark. And I don't mean Mark Uncle Smokey because he's smart. I'm talking about Mark like a a dupe. You're the target of a con man. And if you don't think that Trump is the con man, if you don't recognize him for what he is as a con man, you're a, you're the mark. That's how you can tell. 
People get fooled all the time by scams. It's very weird and sad. I get scams in my mailbox. You get scams. They they exist. Every single day I get a call from a Chinese lady. There's this big Chinese lady scam going on. <laughs> I guess for targeting Chinese people. Every day my phone rings with a local number and it's a Chinese person. And every day I block the phone. It's a well-known scam. I don't know what it is. Let me say Chinese scam call. Yeah, robocalls bombarding the U.S. are part of an international phone scam. But it makes money because some people will be fooled. They wouldn't do it otherwise. Here's from FP. Well, I I don't mean to go off on this tangent, but just because I mentioned that robocall. If you live in a part of the country that has a large Chinese immigrant population, you may have recently received a robocall in Mandarin or even several of them. I get them every day. All different numbers. I block the number. I have no idea why they call. I'm not the only one who gets them. I know many people that get them. I guess because I'm in New York. The calls seem to be blanketing certain phone exchanges. Presumably, presumably, this is how the New York Police Department ended up on the call list. NYPD officer Donald McCaffrey, who works in the Queens Grand Larceny Division, is investigating the calls in New York City. He's also been receiving them on a daily basis. I get them also in the NYPD building, McCaffrey says. I have an NYPD department cell phone, and I get them on that cell phone, too. It's out of control. They do it because people fall for it. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of how much they get. Yeah, a lack of Mandarin language skills may protect some people from this particular robocall scam, but it's not the only one out there. Robocalls are the top complaint at the FCC with more than 4.5 million up from 3.4 million in 2016. Blah, blah, blah. I'm, I was trying to find out if how many, how much money it generates. It doesn't seem to be in this. Oh, wait. Is it here? Hmm. Oh, God. The first calls came to McCaffrey's attention in 2017 when a 65 year old Chinese woman complained that she had been scammed out of $1.3 million. Oh, my God. She called to report that someone from the Chinese consulate called and that she needs to call the Beijing Police Department because she's in, she's being investigated for financial crimes in China. Well, that's the scam. They call, too. They also tell me I'm under arrest. <laughs> the IRS is coming. There's a warrant out from IRS. I'm like, still? I'm right here. Where you... Where? Show up. Let me see. Hold on a second. I'm just looking up an article. Yep, 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 yep. For example, all right, back what I was saying. Let me let me reiterate. They hate you. 
Republicans hate you. They don't not just hate you. It's worse than hate. It's also indifference. And they dis it's disrespect ultimately because you're nothing. You're like a you're a net buzzing around them. You're irritating. But you have no power. Otherwise, you see what's happening when the Black Lives Matter movement doesn't back down and all the 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 legislators are taking a knee all over town trying to get all everybody off their backs. You don't see the Republicans don't do that. They're not doing that when it comes to legislation about making an economy that works for all. If they if they had any respect, not just respect, they don't even you're nothing. If they considered you the American people, the American worker, if they had any fear, a level of fear, a level of respect, a level of duty to the American people, they would never have passed the GOP tax scam. That's the first thing they do when they when they get power. The quick as they can do it with the help of a tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man is ensure that they can entrench an intergenerational aristocracy. And in the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap, when the rich are getting richer and we're on track to have the first trillionaire in six years, the Republicans, what they do with their power is make the rich richer, make them even more untouchable. Make the wealth even more concentrated and the upward immobility even more entrenched. You know what this economy's missing? See, that's what they look around. They say, you know what? It's going great. We're, we're doing fabulous. America is great because we are the least upwardly mobile. And those dumb sheeple, they're finally, we finally destroyed their unions. We got them down to, from... 35% and below 7% now, down to 5%, depending on whether it's a public or private union. Could you imagine? Well, don't have to imagine. That's the reality. They did that. So they, they are doing great. And the Republicans looked around and they said, these people are nice and divided. They're nice and racist assholes, so they're fighting amongst each other like a bunch of dupes. And we have the richest, we got all these billionaires, and they're able to funnel money right into our campaigns using these super PACs, and nobody gets to know who the fuck they are. So we are, we're doing great. We have more millionaires in the people's house than any time in American history. So uh, the wants and needs of working people are, st- are a statistically insignificant effect on, on, on government policy. So we're doing amazingly well. And you know what? I'm look, the, the Mitch McConnell and the Republicans and their DLC Democratic enablers looked around. They said, you know what this amazing economy, this amazing kiss-up, kick-down economy is missing. Some 
It's missing an aristocracy. That's what we're missing. We're missing um, heirs and barons, and I don't mean Baron Trump, but close enough. Uh, We're missing the feudal system completely. We're missing being able to pass our fortunes on to our undeserving T- the takers in our in our families, we're we're missing being able to pass these fortunes on tax free to them, just like in the merry old England that we rebelled against. So, let's take our newfound power and ensure in this least upwardly mobile environment that we can make some intergenerational heirs. Isn't that great? Our aristocracy is once yet again entrenched. That's your USA crowd. USA. USA. And the idiots, the doltards, the Trump and Z, the Nuremberg rally dupes, cheering with their red, white, and blue stupid-looking pants, their dummy, oh, their, their stupid eagles on their... T-shirts, these colors don't run. You morons. You make it so goddamn easy. That's what's so embarrassing. When I look at you, I think I'm embarrassed for you because you make it so easy for them. At least we have actual patriots in the streets that are saying, no, we're not taking this shit. Those are the American heroes, the people, the people who go out, who are fighting. In spite of, they're standing there getting beaten down by a fascist Gestapo goon. And they keep coming back. Oh, God. While you, while you spread, uh, go on Twitter and tweet out a meme of George Soros disgusting these people it's embarrassing i'm really embarrassed for them that's the way it is all right thank you guys for your super chats i didn't see any new ones but i thank the old ones let's see i want to say i haven't seen you guys let me see what? Peter on the chat. I've seen an article today that said an 88-year-old woman hired a housekeeper. I don't know if they saw that as a failure of capitalism. The 88-year-old woman was hired as a housekeeper? Or she hired a housekeeper. Let me see. Yes, I am embarrassed for the whole human race, Robin. Andrea says, my mother always used to say, stupid people are dangerous people. Absolutely. That's actually something that MLK said. Let me see. Sincere, what did he say? He 
put it very succinctly, nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Absolutely. Well, here's another article. Kind of highlights what we're talking about. From Open Secrets. Majority of lawmakers in the 116th Congress, our current Congress, are millionaires. By Carl Evers Hillstrom. Congress is an exclusive club. It's also a wealthy one. More than those, uh, more than half of those in Congress are millionaires. Data from the lawmakers' most recent personal financial disclosures show the median net worth of members of Congress who filed disclosures last year is over $1 million. Much of the wealth in Congress is concentrated at the top. I can't, let me take a drink. Hold on. Lawmakers have three times more wealth than the bottom 90%. While some lawmakers are still paying off student loans, others are paying off their third or fourth mortgage. The group of wealthiest members includes career politicians who boosted their portfolios over decades in Congress and recently elected lawmakers. Well, what did Harry Truman say? You can't get rich in Congress and government unless you're a crook. That's the way it needs to be. We need to get back to this that how how do we expect to have decent government that works for all when people are after themselves? It has to be a higher calling. Pay them a decent salary, yes, but get money out of Congress. Get money out of politics, period. Give them a nice salary so you attract the best and brightest, but there is zero reason why we need to have a a legislator legislature of millionaires especially when they're not making the rest of us millionaires. They're using us and abusing us. How dare these effing bastards sit around and play with people's lives who are already stressed out in the middle of this depression, in the middle of mass graves and the coronavirus, in this sick-ass country, and now the American people have to worry? Because we should all be worried. If you have a job, you should be worried. It's not over. If they take that stimulus money away from our fellow Americans, this country will slide quicker than you can lick Twitler's ass into, not that we would do that, not, quick as Matt Getz licks Twitler's taint, okay? into into a depression because it all it all is connected if they're not paying rent or not buying things it's going it's gonna have an effect we're all gonna feel it and then there'll be more layoffs and more layoffs and that's what republicans do you get it 
they they have zero interest in effectively governing. They have zero interest in governing. They their and their only interest is in getting money for themselves, writing laws so they can rig the game and ensure that they suck up to to the rich. This is a party that we're not invited to, even though we're the ones that bled. We fought, bled, and died for this country. Our people like us, scums, these scumbags, the way that they look at us as nothing. They're not afraid of us. They know that because they know we're we're divided. If they were afraid, they wouldn't have the. They would not. They would have the the self preservation. They would. They would know that it would be um, not in their best interests to not extend the unemployment. First of all, it wouldn't even we if they were if they had any interest in in us, if they were afraid of the American people, they we wouldn't be in this boat. They would be effectively governing. So it's all it's really our fault too. But we're what can you do? It's the entire system is sick, like a sick family. That's has like, like my dysfunctional family. Well, I'm in the grips of active addiction. The fa- the whole family's sick. So it's not Twitler, so to speak. It's not him. He is the identified patient, but the whole system is broken and sick. And this is a symptom of it. The wealthiest Congress? Give me a break. They should be ashamed. We have to change this. This has to end. So the top 10% of the wealthiest lawmakers have three times more wealth than the bottom 90%. While some lawmakers are paying off student loans, others are paying their fourth, third or fourth mortgage. The gr- Oh, yeah, I've already read this. Uh, according to estimated net worth calculations, Senator Rick Scott of Florida is the wealthiest lawmaker with nearly $260 million in net assets. And he's the one that grifted Medicaid. He Remember that? He was... I don't know how anybody votes for these fucking people. It's beyond. Like letting the goddamn fox into the hen house. A Rick Scott, you son of a bitch. What is wrong with you people? Are you that stupid? Rick Scott, he participated in the largest Medicaid fraud in American history. Let me see this. And they voted. Who would vote for somebody like that? That goes to show you who he is. Oh, because he's a Republican and he hates immigrants just like you, right? That's it. He hates gays like you do. He doesn't want to make a cake for a gay couple. Oh, USA, US, you tiny, little, undeserving 
Ugh. Morons. They, they, you make it so easy for them. That's what pisses me off. You don't fight. You're, you're the useless idiots in the death of this country. That's why we have to continue to educate people, to harp, harp on it, to hit the, the same, these points over and over. The truth is the truth. Well, maybe they'll wake up, goddammit. Jesus Christmas. Where is this Rick Scott? Yeah, Rick Scott oversaw the largest Medicaid fraud in the nation's history. Unbelievable. During Scott's 2010 race for governor, PolitiFact PolitiFact fact-checked multiple claims related to Rick Scott's tenure at Columbia HCA. Blah, blah, blah. During the 2010, during his 2020, 2010 race, Miami, the Miami Herald reported that Scott had said he would have immediately stopped his company from committing fraud if only somebody told me. F you! These people, they have such excuses. Nobody told me. It's not my fault. Just like Twitler. Nothing is ever their fault. For example, I want to. This thing really blew my mind. But it goes to show you. It it point. It proves my point yet again. Um, I don't know if you've seen these Republicans tweeting and the they're going with the fear angle. With because that's all they have. That's the conservative way. Be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. Let me show you what I'm looking at. Hold on. Let me get this out of the way here. Thank you all for being so generous with your super chats and also helping the show and helping me. When As we stumble through sometimes the production... Uh, maybe it makes the show charming. All right. Where is my Twitters? Beep, bop, beep, bop, boo. I just had it. Okay, here we are. That's not Twitter. That's Discord. Here we go. Boris Epstein? Who the fuck is this now? Boris Epstein, 2020, Trump 2020 strategic advisor for coalitions, former special assistant to POTUS. Look at him. Oh, thank you, boss. Thank you, con man. Make America great. Thank you. All that has to happen for evil to triumph is good. People do nothing, right? Not only do the, the bad people, they don't do nothing. They do something. They are complicit. Bad people, while the good people do nothing, the bad people, 
They enable. Look at this shit. Ew. With your thumbs up. This is a very punchable couple of assholes right here. I swear. MAGA. K-A-G. Oh, keep America great. You ever want to vomit? Let's search the keep America great hashtag. Thank you for keeping Maine great. Look at Maine. So great. Look at all these white people here. So many white people. Just like America, right? Oh, wait. Oh, here we go. Waves the American flag to fight for freedom in Hong Kong. Portland waves the communist flag to fight against freedom. First of all, it's a highly dubious picture. I'm sure they're full of shit. <clears throat> this is, I mean, everybody has Photoshop. I don't know if that's a real photo, but that's Republicans in a nutshell. Arguing by meme. Okay, my point is here. Look at this. This is Joe Biden's America. He tweets out, this would be Joe Biden's America. Look. That's Joe Biden's America? Does anybody know? Um... You you get what I'm saying? That's no, honey. That's Trump's America. This is beyond gaslighting. They take a f they take images of what's going on in Portland when the American people are not taking the fascist bastard oppression lying down. So, in. Twitler's mind and in the right wing mind, oh my God, all these people, to me, these people are fighting back. They're not, what, what would have happened in Nazi Germany if the, uh, the German people stood up and was like, F you, brown shirts. So in Joe Biden's America, this is your party of personal responsibility. This is happening in Trump's America. See, it wouldn't be happening in Joe Biden's America because Joe Biden wouldn't send the Gestapo into American streets. And he wouldn't be sending the Gestapo to kidnap people off the streets, put them in unmarked vans for no goddamn reason, just to intimidate and then send the goons out to hit and beat people for no reason. They're not arresting people. They're just beating people and spraying them in the face with tear gas and whatever else they have, mace. And those people, the Gestapo goons, they need to be arrested. You understand? That's why they're not wearing names. Oh, they don't wear names because they're saying, oh, they, they're going to get doxxed. Well, if you not if if you think that you're if you're working on the right side of history and the right side of humanity, then own it. If you think you're working for the American people, then what's to be ashamed of? Oh no, 
There you go. It's the American, it's the secret police, as I say. And every Republican heart beats the, beats, I mean, in every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism, and there it is. I, I am, again, 100% right. They proved me right. And it's a disaster. So, isn't the party of personal responsibility another, um, just another projection for them? They're the party of personal responsibility. They're taking footage of things that are happening in Trump's America and saying, this is Joe Biden's America. This would be Joe Biden's America. No, honey, it is Trump's America. Own it. I think if the, if the so-called party of personal responsibility ever took responsibility for anything, any of the disasters they create, I might faint out of shock. They never take responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. He, Twitter certainly doesn't take responsibility. And proudly so. Oh, it's the China virus. It's China's fault. It should never have come here. It should never have left. Well, well, isn't it a shame that it fucking is here? What does that do? Tell it to the corpses, Twitler. The China virus, it should never have come. It, uh, it was, it's a bad thing. It's a terrible thing. should never have come. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control. When you have 15 people, and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero, uh, that's a pretty good job. It came from China. It should have never been allowed to get out. They could have stopped it. They could have stopped it easily. They chose not to. And uh, we'll have further reports on that. But it came from China. They could have stopped it. They didn't. They stopped it from going into China, but they didn't stop it from going to the rest of the world. It didn't stop it from going to Europe, to us. Uh, They should have stopped it. They could have stopped it. They weren't transparent at all. They were the opposite. It's not good. (laughs) I spoke with the president of France this morning. And I spoke with the uh, president of Egypt. And we had a, oh, uh, very, very you're good... a big man, aren't you? You spoke to all these other people. What did John Bolton say? He said that he never saw um, a president or, or another, I don't know how he put it, a grown man or another world leader. I'm, not, I'm trying to remember. He said he never saw, well, we know this, a someone, him, Twitler, that was more easily manipulated by other other world leaders. Of course he is. He's a fucking joke. He is the epitome. He's the walking just well not what. He's the lumbering example of bloated disgusting cancer scum of the scum of the cancer of the scum epitome. Of white privilege. That's him. Of everything that's wrong with the world. 
personal responsibility? My ass. When has Twintler ever taken responsibility? He never takes responsibility his entire life. I read Mary Trump's book. He's a, he is a, she calls him the Frankenstein monster. He is. He's a Frankenstein monster that we created, that this sick society created, that allowed this doltard to continuously fail upwards while the rest of us worked and slaved away, stressing and hoping that we don't get sick so we didn't have to go on GoFundMe to beg for medical care. Why, this asshole was hawking the next scam, one scam after another. It came from China. It should never have come. They had it in China, but then it came to China. Well, they left it in China, but then China... And China, the China virus came here and... Well, that's what it means, you know, to be an adult. Sometimes shit happens. It's called adulting. So, you don't whine and cry. Oh, it should never have happened. It should never have happened. Well, it fucking did. So, what are you doing about it? What he's doing is... Oh, everybody calm down. He's he's coming up with a plan, just like the Republicans are coming up with their alternative to Obamacare, right? How many years? They have a new plan. They'll maybe another ten years. Their plan is to kill as many people as possible. Period. End of sentence. Oh God. Oh, how much longer, really? How much longer are we going to take it? Thank you all for supporting the show. I'm serious. I'm really, I I am entirely grateful. Thank you for supporting the liberal media. Because otherwise we're done. No one will hear this message. They're going to hear... What? What are they going to hear? Twitler's tone today. He rose to the occasion. They're not going to hear what they need, what this country needs as the remedy. It's not that hard. We know what has to be done. We have to unify this country. The, and I don't mean by meeting Republicans halfway with their ass licking policies that suck. That's you see um, FDR saying now that I'm the president and uh, we're coming out of thankfully to the New Deal, we're coming out of the Great Depression. He didn't turn around and say, "Let's do something." Uh, I'm gonna do uh, welcome the ideas of the same people who destroyed the economy and sat and watched while the American people went. Ho- went hungry and homeless and you know it's baffling to me today's Republic I mean well today's Democrats that's what they do bipartisan bipartisan shut up bipartisan shut up I don't care about bipartisan I want policy that works 
Oh, tax cuts. Just like with uh, what the Republicans are doing. Meeting the unemployment crisis that they created because of their complete and utter ineptitude to handle the pandemic crisis that they allowed to blow out of control because they're a bunch of con men way over their heads. They like, they're not good at government. They're only good at taking money under the table and over the table and through the table and in spite of the table. That's all they're doing. That's all they care about. That's what Twitler, I mean, he's doing the job. He's not, what is the job to him? Sitting on his ass, sucking on the accolades, calling people pigs when or, or liars, undermining the pillars of democracy, and watching television. Oh, my God, where do I live? Conversation, both of us and uh, uh, all of us and all of us together. I've had many conversations with Oh, leaders. shut up. I've had many conversations with because you're a... F- Big boy now, aren't you? Look at me. I'm a big president. And I could took a I took a cognitive test. I'm very cognitive. I got a cognitive big brain. Fuck. This country's sick. And that's why it ha we I hope I live to see the day when the American people are sick up to their their, their tippy top of their heads from listening to white whiners complain and and uh, brag about their money and their so-called wealth. They don't have wealth. These are the poorest fuckers on the planet. We have to get to the point where we recognize what is truly priceless in this life this brief moment in time that we're sharing together. And we do have, we have the right, we have the duty to demand a civilization worthy of us. That we're not simply, we are more than than hosts from which the rich and all their ilk and their Lick spittles in Congress, suck profit and discard. We are human beings. All of us. Everybody in. Nobody out. If they're not talking like that, next. If Jeff Bezos, his company, he made, eight, uh, what was it, 13 billion more in one day? How disgusting is that? While the American people are wondering if they're going to be able to pay their rent? Where are the pitchforks and torches? I want to know. Are we that beaten down? Are we that beaten? Jesus Christ. One last thing before we 
go. I will hope to do another show tomorrow. I hope to do as many shows as possible. What do you think of that? Do you like that idea? Would you like to, or maybe you like once a week? Do you like having shows more often? I'm really asking. <laughs> Are you, um, I'm looking at the chat. Oh, thank you again, Jim, for your super chat. Jim is setting the standard, everyone. But he's also a, a patron. So I appreciate it beyond. I feel when I say I appreciate it, I feel like it doesn't really even do it justice. Because I understand. you. We all are. We're inundated. People grabbing and saying, support me, support me. Everywhere you look, somebody's saying, click here, do this, do that. So I, I understand that. And it really means the world that you guys support this show. And I hope one day, I really do, that we have, that we really build this community, that it is, we're a top liberal show. We have, we don't have to, I don't know, we have somebody helping. <laughs> we can hire people. We can spread the word. And then we can have a better community and maybe even have uh, get get-togethers and stuff like that. Well, we should do a get-together for the patrons only. That's the thing. We could do a Zoom thing maybe for patrons. I've been thinking about stuff to do. For the patrons, maybe we could do like a patron Zoom. What do you think of that? Ah, we'll join the Discord and put in your ideas, what you'd like to do. But thank you, Jim, and thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate that. Thank you for for stepping up and for your super chat. I'm seeing a lot of new people on the chat. So that means a lot. We're getting, we're getting, uh, we're going places. We're getting there. Slow, but steady. We're going in the right direction. Not fast enough for my liking, but that's just the nature of life, I guess. So, yes. Okay, more shows. Jim says more. Andrea says more. What else? Yes, I know. Robin says, yes, we are inundated. Terry says, we can't get it. I can't get enough of Tara. Thank you. I can't get enough, enough of you, Terry. She articulates exactly how I feel. Robin M says, I want to hear you playing your six string. Eh, I think I'm not. I think I'm a little rusty. It's been a long time. I've. Got that guitar, I told you guys, when I got clean. That's part of how I stayed clean. Instead of going out and using drugs, I bought that guitar. I saved my money. I used my money that I was spending on drugs. I saved that money, and I bought a guitar, and I would sit and play this guitar. So I would go to meetings, and I would, I worked, and I, but it was a struggle every day, and... In between, in the middle of the night, when I w wanted to make the wrong choices, 
I would pick that guitar up and I learned songs. That's how I did it. I would go on the internet and get the chords and I would learn songs and I wasn't good, but I would learn, I learned some songs. So if you heard, if I would play a song and you'd, you'd really think that I knew how to play. I guess I did a little bit, but yeah. That's how, that's what, that's that, that's what that is. The last person who played that guitar was Ron Placone. When he came, he stayed at my apartment when he was on tour. Because that's what we do in the liberal media, the comedy world, too. We help each other. This is what we got to do. Who's got money for hotels and shit? Ron is a good house guest as well. He also loves cats. So, perfect. It is perfect. And he plays a guitar. So he was playing it. That that guitar needed it. <laughs> it had been a while. He tuned it, too. So, Yes. Oh, thank you. Spectrum 86. Thank you for your super chat. Trump and the American elite are a neoliberal dictatorship. More shows. All right. I'm getting a lot of more. More shows. Can I play the eagle? Any eagles? Um, probably not. Hotel California? If I tried. All right, I'm seeing some people dropping off. I'm looking at the numbers. One last thing before we go. I wanted to read this article, Jim Hightower. It's called The Exceptional Greed of Healthcare Executives. And if you join our super chat, not our super chat, I keep saying super chat, so it comes right out of my mouth. If you join our Discord, we'll put the, I'll put this article. If you want to read the articles that we read on the show and talk about on the show, I'll put this article in our Discord, in the part called Articles from the Show. I like the Discord. I like when people post pictures of their pets. I put pictures of Tara Jr. Jr. and Francis. What is this? Greg just put something on. Oh my god. That's in the wrong spot, though. Oh, my God. What? Is this for real? I have to show you what Greg put on the Discord page. Wait a minute. Is that real? That can't be. It must have been a setup. Or special effects. He, he really did this? There's a guy, there's a cat in the road. Guy jumps, jumps over a motorcycle, picks up the cat, jumps over a car, jumps over a motorcycle, picks up a cat, and runs. Don't believe everything you see, but maybe he's a... Maybe he's an acrobat. Poor cat. 
that would have been bad. Well, thank you for sharing that, Greg. All right, let's read this article. This is another thing I hope to change before or see change before I die. This health insurance racket. It is a racket. We know that. It's one of the reasons why this country is so divided. That's why we call universal health care, Medicare for all, is not just a nice thing to do. It's a patriotic imperative. And that's how it has to be presented. We have to fight for it as a patriotic imperative. One of the reasons we're so divided, because we have divisive policies. It's not e pluribus unum. It's not everybody in. It's subsidies here, a little trickle there, to prop up the broken system. And then everybody else, it's every man and woman for themselves. So they get resentment at those who are getting subsidies. The whole thing is sick. And there is nothing sicker than the health insurance racket. So here's Jim Hightower. Hightower's article is titled The Exceptional Greed of Health Care Executives. I don't say health care. I say health racket, but it's not my article. It's Jim's. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know whether to weep uncontrollably, laugh hysterically, or just throw up. I recently did all three when I came across yet another outbreak of sickening greed pouring out of America's corporate executive suites during today's raging health crisis. What made this one especially nauseating was that the perpetrators are honchos of major health care corporations. Leading this greed brigade is Larry Merlo, CEO of, our, of, uh, CEO of our country's largest drugstore chain, CVS. While much of our economy has been shut down during the COVID-19 pandemic, this billion-dollar giant has customers surging in to get everything from medications to masks. Yet, in this time of great need, the boss and the board of C CVS have blithely presided over scenes of chaos in many of their stores, which have been so severely understaffed that they pose a danger to public health. The chain's pharmacists tell of frantically scrambling to keep up with filling prescriptions, answering ever-ringing phone inquiries, giving shots of and giving shots like flu shots and COVID tests, stocking toilet paper, tending the drive-thru, etc., while also having to meet ceaseless corporate demands for cutting costs and more profit. The result has been a dangerous work overload with, over, overload, I can't talk sometimes, overload with many pharmacists handling nearly 200 prescriptions in a non-stop six-hour shift, and one every two minutes. Unsurprisingly, there's been an alarming rise in serious errors and week-long delays in providing critical medications to customers. The New York Times reports that one CVS pharmacist has no control over staffing, and even the chain's district leader has no power to make changes. Well, more. They want more for less, and they want you 
to to be nice and compliant, overwork. Who cares if you mix up medications? Then you'll be at fault. If somebody dies, whatever. This isn't about e pluribus unum. We're in this together. This isn't about your health. It's about the unholy dollar. It is. It's, it's, that's why we're sick. So not only does the buck stop <laughs> at the top, but also does a big chunk of the corporate bucks, while CEO Merlo has failed to fund the staff his pharmacies and the public clearly need, he has generously funded his own needs and then some. He paid himself. million last year alone. Then there's the mountain of interest payments and fees that CVS is paying to Wall Street bankers and lawyers who engineered Merlot's monopolistic deal to take over Aetna Health Insurance giant last year. So while you're being underserved at the local CVS, just remember that boss man Merlot and his merger mercenaries are making a killing. How comforting is that? The holy mantra of health professionals was coined about 2,500 years ago by the Greek physician Hippocrates. Hippocrates, yes, do no harm. Of course, that was before corporate health care took charge and a new paramount ethic was engraved on America's big chain hospitals, namely jack-up profits. To see it in action, check out the COVID money grab and executive greed being exhibited by the largest and rich- richest hospital baron- baronies. A New York Times analysis of the finances of 60 highly profitable, deep-pocketed giants such as HCA, Tenet, and Providence revealed that they had rushed to the front of the pandemic bailout line this spring to pull $15 billion from the government's emergency fund. They pocketed the taxpayers' money despite sitting on tens of billions of their own cash reserves. But hold your nose, it gets much stinkier. These bailout allotments were supposed to keep hospital workers on the job. Yet the wealthiest chains promptly hit nurses, janitors, and other crucial frontline staffers with layoffs, pay cuts, and deadly shortages of protective gear. Again, I say, they hate you. You get it? We allow this to go on. We allow this to continue because greed is the only American value. When one CEO, he could take in 35 million. What about 3 million? You'd be okay with that, my lord? And the rest of the millions get distributed amongst the workers who make the goddamn world go around? You'd be fine with three million, trust me. You'll be able to eat, you have a nice house, a nice car, you might even get a hooker or two. And maybe a trophy wife. Or three. What, what's wrong with us that we allow this? Jesus Christ. And then they cut workers. They cut benefits. They cut salaries. They cut, 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 cut you. 
This is the same thing that the Republicans are doing right now with the bailout that they suck at. They suck at governing. They they are the suckies. They're not the they're not there to make you to make your life worth living or or worthy of of the I mean really we have the government that we allow to continue. The Republicans are right now plotting to cut your social security. Not only are they trying to kick you off whatever health care protections you have through the ACA and abolishing the entire of um, Affordable Care Act, they're trying to cut your Social Security. Destroy everything. And then this. This is all because of policy. That CEOs can get away with the uh, everything. They get away with the lion's share of the profits that we make possible. The entire American people make possible. The people who work, who show up every day, the people who are in the stores. There would be no uh, people if we all... uh, What? What? When people have money, they buy things in the stores, and that's how it works, and it goes... Everybody can get a piece of the pie. If there's enough to pay some one effer $35 million in the middle of a pandemic where people are losing their homes and jobs and, uh, and are waiting on food lines, there's enough to pay one mother effer $35 million, but not enough to keep people in their jobs? Then I am sorry, guys. This is... It's our fault, too. We have to storm the goddamn Bastille. And I'm not talking figuratively. Okay, so Jim Hightower continues. HCA's chief executive, Samuel Hazen, suddenly showed solidarity. (laughs) Why can't I talk today? with lowly workers by donating $237,000 two months of his reported $1.4 million salary to a worker support fund. How magnanimous, but wait again. Hazen's generosity is deceptive, not a sacrifice. The trick is that a CEO's salary is a minuscule part of his total pay. His annual bonus, stock payouts, and other compensation raise his actual yearly haul to $26 million. So his donation is less than 1% of his pay, and he almost certainly will write that off on his taxes. So we, the taxpayers, including the nurses and the others that he's knocking down, not only underwrite his fat take-home, but, is also, but are also subsidizing his face-saving, philanthropic gimmick. Meanwhile, having endangered and infuriated HCA's workforce, Hazen has launched, quote, a new line of business, an HCA subsidiary to hire and train hospital, wait for it, strike breakers. To entice scabs, he's offered a $150 show-up 
bonus, quote unquote, show up bonus. And get this, also a continental breakfast. So you get to be a scab, nice and divided, right? The American people, what did Jay Gould say? I can hire one half of the working class to kill the other half. All of all of this, um, from those Gestapo in in Portland, all they have to do is honor their oath and not not beat protesters, not show up, sit down, stop, don't participate. But there will always be people who are who are working for the oppressors. That's why they need us nice and divided. We sh- all of the all of us, we shouldn't you know, fall for it. None of us. We need to re- anybody who's reachable, we have to reach them. It's not patriotic. Where in uh, what part of pledging your life, fortune, and sacred honor to each other includes being a scab? Right? What part of e pluribus unum is a is somebody um, taking your job while you're fighting for a living wage for all? They can only get away with it. We're only in this boat because they found so many willing and complicit enablers all over. Twitlers enabled, the upward immobility, the income disparity, all of this enabled, the racist assholes, the, the, uh, the out-of-control Gestapo, the, 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 the cops who kill people. It's all, we all allow it. It's enabling. They find so many willing enablers constantly. (sighs) What we have here, Jim Hightower concludes, is a raging virus of executive greed doing deeper damage to our society than the COVID-19 virus ever could. And there you go. That's the bottom line. We are sick. The country is sick. And it's not sick from the coronavirus. It's sick from greed. Greed. Sickness. And um, I got to ask again, how much longer? How much longer are we going to take it? All right, guys, let me see. I want to thank the Super Chatters again. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, R.Y. Thank you, Terry Taylor. And thank you, J.D. Thank you, Jim, again. And thank you, Malcolm. You're very nice, Malcolm. Malcolm writes, very few have your talent for extended contemporaneous discourse give him hell channeling harry truman thank you malcolm i'm glad that you're here thank you spectrum 86 
who writes, Trump and the American elite are a neoliberal dictatorship. More shows. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Els. Thank you so much. And thank you, Robin M., for your super chats. They are definitely needed and very much appreciated. So, yeah, okay, more shows. That's what you say. Let's, I will, I will. I will try to do another show. What helps is when we get um, patrons. When we get a patron, I make a point. We got to do a show. I want to do more shows. I do. We need more shows. In general, we need more liberal media. That's the problem. And it's also the solution. The liberal media is the solution to the problem here. It really is. And I'm glad yesterday when... Jeff Waldorf was on the show from TYT Nation. He said the same thing. Liberal media. It's not just because we're in the liberal media and we do these shows. There is no change without this kind of discourse and without changing the hearts and minds of people uh, or educating them. They may know, but maybe they don't realize what's, what's really going on here. They don't see because they... They don't, maybe they don't know history. They don't know, it's not their fault. Maybe they're working three uniquely American low-paying jobs with no security, and they're tired. So we like to connect everything. It is really, because it's connected. We put it in context. We talk about what we're trying to do. What is the grand experiment in liberal democracy? It's not aristocracy, that's for sure. And just like the colonists, there would have been no rebellion against the king without the pamphleteers who dared to spread the the word, spread the in whispers at first, that we didn't need a king. We could have a country that works for all. We could have, well, at least in theory. We know the racist hypocrisy of it all, but that's the time that they were in. There were no, women were nothing. Unless you were a white man, you were nothing. Especially if you weren't a property owner. But still, we... We we are trying to finally actualize those promises. And just as the American Revolution would never have happened without those pamphleteers, our new New Deal and the, and the revolution that we need will not happen without the liberal media. This is the liberal media. I know. It needs better lighting. It needs a better camera. But we got cats. Where are my cats, actually? Sometimes Tara Jr. just doesn't make an appearance on a show. Tara Jr. Jr. and Francis Jr. Jr. Where is he? Francis! Francis! They don't listen to me anymore. They're their own men. What can I say? So tonight's show, once again was brought to us by a person who 
took that challenge, the Patreon challenge. Daisy. Thank you, Daisy. For becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. All right, guys, 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 guys. Why is there no liberal progressive app? Hmm. There is progressive voices. Spectrum. Right? Have you downloaded progressive voices? That's There's an app. There's I'm on the app. They play the Saturday show on that app. There's also an on-demand channel. And you can listen to other liberal talk shows. Tom Hartman. Mike Malloy. Who else is on there? And that's all. <laughs> that's all that now. There's other there's other shows on there. Yes. Guys. Okay, guys, guys. I gotta get to I said to myself, I got to get to bed early tonight. I can't oh here's Tara Jr. Hi. Come on up. Say goodnight to everybody. Come on. Come on. Junior, up. Good boy. Good boy. Hi, everybody. Let's see. Yes, you're a good boy. Let me see. We need a better lighting. That's even better. I got to do something. I got to get some kind of screen. Diffuse the light. Look at everybody. Say hi. See? <laughs> Look at this cat, though. He is the best. I love him. Come here. Mm. I love this cat. He's like a he's like a doll. Good he is. He's such a good cat. You don't even know. You d- haven't seen him in action. I tr- if you go to the Discord page, you can see videos of him. All right, my friends. I will do I will try to do a show tomorrow. I can't promise. I will try. It's better to have a set time, of course. But become a patron like Daisy, and yeah, we'll do it. We will definitely do it. How's that? Go to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Become a patron. Share the show with your friends, please. Uh, What else? Give the show a good review. Tell other people about the show. It's It'll grow. I'm getting annoyed at everything. Life sucks half the time. I'm sorry. No, I can't say that. That's bad karma. Sure. I can't say that. Stop that. I said to myself, I, I broke my own rule of not disparaging life, not saying things like that. That's really bad karma to say stuff like that. And it also, your brain doesn't know the difference between something, between what's, um, it doesn't know sarcasm. It takes you at your word. I know, it sounds weird. Okay, let me explain what I mean. I know people are dropping off. I can see the, I can see people going away. But I remember reading this book because I used, one of the things I used to do because I'm in recovery is, um, and I also have depression, okay? I've 
I don't say I suffer from depression now. I used to say that I suffer from depression because I don't suffer from it anymore. I am in recovery from that as well. I I recognize it. It's like a sickness. Sometimes some days are better than others. I do not let my... Many things have happened in my life. I try not to let myself fall into the raging river and get swept away. That's, somebody explained this to me once. It's like the difference between sitting on the side of a raging river and watching the river go by or falling into the river and getting swept away. And I I connected with that because that made sense because it will pass. It, sometimes when I'm, what I see, when I, my brain tries to make me depressed, I'll start thinking of things and thinking of all bad things that happened and it starts to accumulate and I start to talk myself into it that I talk myself into the depression in a way. So I've recognized that where, okay, don't do that. Of course, some days you have more power not to do that. You know what I mean? But because when you're in the hole, it's really hard to climb out of it. So I try not to fall in or fall in that raging river and getting swept away. But so one of the things that I did and do early in early recovery, because I was always hanging by a thread, I realized that my brain was broken in a very bad way. And it wasn't my friend in that sense. So I really needed to um stop the negative negative thinking right so i would buy books on tape like all self help books and also recovery tapes listening to recovery um people's stories and i would go to sleep with my i with my i what do you call it ipad or whatever it was i i I don't know. You you know, little me. It was what do they call that? iPods. Yeah, I almost forgot. Um, and I would get, I would fall asleep with the iPad and the iPod, listening to positive tapes of people telling their stories and stuff like that. And because uh, I wanted, I didn't want to be negative anymore. Anyway. One of the books I read, and I think about this. This is why I try not to talk negatively about myself or life in general. And so even an offhanded comment like life sucks. It's not good for my brain. Um, I was. It was a book by Deepak Chopra. And I don't remember the name, but one of the things he said was talking about negative thinking and habits, and he said, even if you say something disparaging yourself, like, oh, I, uh, whatever, I'm, whatever, I'm not even going to say, like, something negative about yourself, I look like whatever, ass, I look like blah, 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 and the your brain doesn't know the difference, your your heart, your soul doesn't know the difference, 
and he made the comparison. He said, "List." He he said, "Okay, imagine you've all had lemons, right? You've all eaten lemons. So take a lemon. Imagine you have a lemon in your hand, and you're you cut the lemon in half. You cut out a slice, and you really imagine yourself biting into that lemon. What happens in your?" in your mouth you start your you start to water your mouth starts to water your your brain is getting ready for that lemon but where's the lemon it's not there there is no lemon it's all in your mind so that connected with me because i oh yeah so and i see that when we speak negatively about ourselves we we trigger physio- physiology, physiological, what's the word? I don't know. Physiological, whatever. They, you, you, you trigger your body. So when I say something like that, that life sucks, in my, what happens in my body is that my brain will start really setting that scenario up. And I will, so that's why. I try not to speak negatively, okay? If that helps somebody, I hope it does. Physiological, exactly. That's what it means. Physio- so when you say that, it's it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. My my mind is make it will start setting up the rest of uh or it'll start triggering other bad memories and negative negative feelings and there you go next thing you know i'm in the water and i'm uh i'm being swept away so anyway one thing i know about being a drug addict is that um i did drugs because i didn't want to be in pain so i'm sick of it I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to be in pain. I didn't want to be in pain then. I don't want to be in pain now. And it includes mental pain. That's the worst kind of pain. We can all take a physical pain, the mental pain. That's the one that'll get you in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, I was a drug addict. Big, uh, the what? What drugs, Robin? <sighs> what do you got? No, it was a, it was an opioid addict, primarily, but others drunk. I mean, I'm talking double digits ago. You know what I mean? I am a very fortunate person. I'm not, and I realize that. But a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition. What opioid? Uh, the street kind. <laughs> Robin. Yeah, Robin. Yeah, Robin. Yeah. Are you new to the channel? I've I've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. I'm not I don't hide it because I don't want to be ashamed and I don't and maybe it helps people. Who knows? And yeah, that's my story, whatever. It's part of life. 
I'm very lucky to be here. I'm lucky to be alive. And that's why I want to make the best out of life. Yes, I try, I try. All right. Well, anyway, I got to get to Betty Bye. I got to get unconscious. And yeah, the, the reason why I talk about my addiction and recovery is because uh, we're all human. What's What are you going to do? And what does it matter when one day we're all going to die? And who cares? Maybe I'll, maybe this helps somebody. What do I got to hide? Front ain't easy. Nobody's perfect except Jesus and Twitler. So what can you say? An addiction it's not a bad thing. Not, I mean, the recovery is not bad. Addiction is a nightmare. That, so I'm very fortunate. And recovery, I have another life. So I'm only here because I can, because of being clean. This is all a gift of recovery. Being able to talk. Being able to talk to you. I know many people that don't have that luxury because they didn't survive. So, But there'll be more shows. That's why I asked, become a patron. Share the show with your friends. And we will keep growing and we'll have a daily show at a set time. Won't that be nice? Maybe some production value. Maybe better lights. We'll always have cats no matter what. Right? There will always be animals in whatever studio. Right, love? Right? I don't care what it is. There will be animals. All right. My friends, thank you so much for hanging out. My name is Tara Devlin. We. Oh, the other thing I have to tell you, well, well, I'll remind you tomorrow, is that Greg Pallast is coming on the show on Saturday, and that's amazing. So please order his book, because, yeah, we don't want them to steal another election. And we got to be armed with the facts. So I'm really looking forward to that. All right, guys, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out, and thank you all for your super chats. And for your patronage at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin, share the show with your friends. Give the show a good review on iTunes. All of this helps us grow. In the meantime, remember what I say. We, we know it. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. We stick together. We win. I will see you hopefully tomorrow night.